This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. Hello and welcome to Broken Front Wings, the F1 podcast on energy sport. I'm Alistair Russell and I'm joined by Matthew Henderson and Taylor Murray for a short review of the Spanish Grand Prix. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello. Hello, indeed. So, it was a relatively interesting race. Despite our bashing in the preview podcast, the the race the race turned out to be an actually an okay race as far as the Spanish Grand Prix goes. Yeah, usually Spain it's kind of a bit of a a boring race. They kind of they line up two by two on the grid because they've got so much testing data they know exactly how their car will perform around that track. But this time they didn't have that, um, and I don't know if it was just luck that that therefore like sparked an interesting race, but. It definitely was better than usual, and it wasn't the usual two by two that we see at Spain. No, it was definitely it was a lot, a lot more interesting than you know coming into this than I anticipated. You know, all week all you heard was how it's uh a track that's not got many braking zones in it. You know, it's hard to overtake. Usually these races are bog standards. You know, your bread and butter, but it turned out to be a very entertaining race. It did indeed, and strategy played a huge part in it as Mercedes pulled a hungry 2019 on Red Bull and Max Verstappen to get the win. That was certainly made for an exciting latter part to the race to watch Lewis Hamilton hunt down Max Verstappen. Yeah, definitely one that Red Bull will be kicking themselves for because Max Verstappen was on older tyres and he was only on about five um, lap old. Well, his tyres were only about five laps older than Hamilton's, but if... Red Bull had pitted immediately after Mercedes, then they might have just been in for a shot of um of staying in the lead because the gap was about twenty something seconds, so it would have been close, but they might have been able just to hold on. Um, but when after Hamilton pitted, Verstappen's tires were not done, but they were a lot older, a lot more worn, and yeah, Hamilton just came charging through, and it was we all just kind of resided ourselves that the fact that Hamilton was going to win. So, let's get into the specifics of the race. Who was our driver of the day, gentlemen? I think for me, it has to be um, Max Verstappen. Um, Lewis Hamilton was on pole, and to be fair to Verstappen, he did everything he could. He didn't really put too much of a foot wrong during the race, and it was the strategy that let him down and not his mistake. So he definitely showed that he can not make mistakes and uh, improve. Um, so I would probably argue that like, Verstappen's in there. Uh, Hamilton was obviously in the shout for you know the sheer skill and drive that he did to even you know catch up. Although it was a new fresh atta- uh, set of tires, it still takes some amount of skill to do what he did. But I'm gonna go an outside shout. I am gonna say Charles Leclerc. I feel like he had a fantastic race and. To you know, come out of the midfield pack and just you know finish that fourth spot, especially with Perez, you know, hunt him down after a while. And the gap they eventually got on Perez was amazing, and I don't think it should be underestimated like how good a drive that was, and basically how he managed to put uh, that time between him and Perez, especially you know Perez, arguably you know setting some of the fastest times you know the first couple of sectors you know towards the end of the race, so. Yeah, I feel like Charles Leclerc is definitely one of the ones that should be in that running, and he's my driver of the day. I think Charles Leclerc had a fantastic race. 
Um, but you also mentioned Lewis Hamilton there, Taylor, and I think for me he has to be my driver of the day, purely because, yes, he was on the fresher tyres, yes, it, that is a big advantage, but also I don't think there is that many drivers in the field that you send them out on a fresh set of tyres and you tell them the gap is 24 seconds, you've got this many laps to do it, go for it. I don't think there is that many drivers in the field that you would be able to say that to who would then be able to go out and get that win. And I think it was just a supreme demonstration of how great a driver Lewis Hamilton is. Oh, it's sensational. Like, you even heard him when he was speaking to Bonos. Uh, he's like, I'm going to have no tyres at any of this. And uh, they joked mm. about how Verstappen had, would have less. But he's like, uh, Bono even told him, uh, saying, uh, you've done it before. Like, you've got this. And it just shows the belief that they have in him. And they just knew that, given the skill that Hamilton's got, that he would be able to even know, at the very least, put it down neck to neck in the last lap, and it just is like a credit to you know not only the Mercedes strategy but also um, Hamilton's you know determination to prove that why he's now sitting on like ninety eight wins. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's got the skills to pay the bills, as they say. Um, Charles Leclerc, he did a really good job at disrupting Valtteri Bottas's race and being a real thorn in the side for. Um, Mercedes Bottas did eventually ride the clerk and he really did hold him up for um quite a large part of the race and that kind of prevented Bottas from uh, attacking Verstappen so um yeah credit for credit due to the clerk and that Ferrari mm, yes indeed so it's not just an individual effort so who was our team of the day yesterday I would argue very strongly for Mercedes the strategy was superb and it was the perfect combination of strategy, pit stop, team and driver. Yeah, you can't really argue against them, really, can you? Red Bull, although they have a car that's not nearly as um, far behind Mercedes as it was, they cocked it up with the pit stop. It was really the pit stops and the, the strategy that, that won this race. No, um, I, I agree with both of you, by the way. You know, Mercedes definitely there, uh, Red Bull there. But um, another one uh, I feel like needs to be nodded to and probably one that I would, <clears throat> you know, give a lot of credit for because of the work they've done in the opening four uh, races would be McLaren. Uh, I, I could be completely wrong, by the way, but I read somewhere that McLaren are one of the only teams to have their drivers finish in the points, you know, in every race so far. I don't yeah, yeah, you're correct. So we talked about that in the preview. Ah, yeah. see, look at that, there we go. The McLaren there, quick. I, as a McLaren fanboy, I mean, I already know these things. The man was gloating about it in the preview. <laughs> in fact, I, I, wasn't I, I, I guarantee fair. that's what I've probably heard. No, you're right. Them. So, yeah, but it's just, that's just testament to, I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think you even said in the preview how it just shows they've got the right people around them and how uh, basically they're getting the you know the right mentality and it just is incredible that team think like McLaren you know coming into this are just doing that well when everybody tips you know Ferrari you know be coming there uh, and you've got Aston Martin you know s- supposedly you know, found new time and they were gonna have uh, their drivers in the top ten consistently but. Yeah, I think McLaren would be my team in the day considering, you know, how the consistency levels they've showed in the, uh, not only the open four races, but just, you know, as individuals. Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree. They've um, 
they've definitely done a great job over 2020 and 2021. Last year, they had probably the fourth fastest car. Um, it was it was really racing point now Aston Martin that had the, the third fastest car in 2020, but it came down to McLaren just simply being a lot more reliable um, in that season. And this year, they've shown that and they can a, consistently a finish. And a 15 points deduction for breaking the rules. That's true, that's true. You have to remember that. I think, I don't know if it probably wouldn't have uh, uh, ended the way it did if it didn't have that deduction. But yeah, I think it almost shows that Racing Point uh, threw away third place and McLaren were just consistent and just swept it up. But yeah, this year they've kind of, they've taken that and built on it and definitely have the third fastest car this season. Um, It's faster than the Ferrari, although sometimes the Ferrari will finish ahead of them. I think that McLaren, once they get Daniel Ricciardo dialed up, they'll have two very good drivers because Daniel Ricciardo has actually shown a lot of improvement this race. He finished sixth, um, and Norris was ninth. Sorry, Norris was eighth. Help if I could read a number on a screen, but um, yeah, he before he was maybe struggling just a little bit, but he's he's learning from his mistakes and he's really getting used to that McLaren and it shows. Yeah, McLaren have done an excellent job. So, moving on to the move of the race, as far as I'm concerned, there is only one contender in this category, and that was Charles Leclerc around the outside of Valtteri Bottas at the start of the race. Yep, I would agree with that one. That was very ballsy, and it paid off. It, as, as I said before, he was a foreigner inside of Mercedes for a long time. Bottas just could not get past him, even with a one and a half second pace advantage. Yes, no, I would agree with that. That was like balls to the wall kind of thing, and uh, it just shows you the confidence that Charles Clare's getting. But I'd also like a nod to, you know, as much as I don't really, you know, like him as much, but uh, the move, um, Lance Stroll pulled, I think it was in lap eight or something, where in turns four and five. It was just a great battle with him and I, if I remember correctly, I think it was him and maybe either Giovinazzi or it was uh, him and Ocon. I can't remember who was saying I think it was Alonso because that was, that was an excellent move, that one. Yeah, I did enjoy that very much. It was just it was just great seeing you know, two cars go like side by side going into these two corners and it was just a fantastic, you know... It was a fantastic move to even, you know, pull off considering it's so sweeping to keep up the pace. But another one I'd like to chuck in there, I don't know if you've got to mention it, but uh, Perez is, you know, late break on Ricardo, who all Ricardo's known for his late, late breaking, you know, in the races. He's usually deemed to be one of the best, but he managed to out, out late break <laughs> Daniel Ricardo, and it was very, very brave for him because if he got that wrong, he was into the gravel, and that had been another, you know, um, probably problem that Red Bull would have had to have. I agree. That was one of the. That was possibly I would put that as my joint second favorite move of the race because it was. He came from such a long way back there to get around the outside of Ricardo, and then it was very very similar as to what Verstappen did on Hamilton on lap one. Yeah, Verstappen and Hamilton were, um, Hamilton just didn't have quite a good a start, and Verstappen just got such a good start on that side of the right hand side of the grid and he kind of slipstreamed Hamilton a little bit but then just darted out and then just sent it round 
turn one. So yeah, that was great to see as well. And moving on, it's time for to talk about the shocker of the race weekend. And you know, it might just be time to bring the Mazepin bell. <laughs> And I think for this weekend, and indeed every race weekend, whilst we still have breath in our bodies, there will be Nikita Mazepin has had another shocker of a race weekend. Three-place grid penalty for blocking and qualifying, which made no difference to his starting position of last. And then he finished last in the race of all the runners remaining, and of which he was last. Second to last was his teammate, who was 50 seconds ahead of him, and he also tried to get in the way of the lead battle when Lewis Hamilton was trying to lap him when he was last. Any thoughts, yeah. gentlemen? <laughs> no. I mean, we call him Mazaspin for nothing, but I think you only had one Mazaspin and that was in practice. Um, but I might be wrong about that one. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's spun at every race weekend that he's taken part in, which is quite a feat. Therefore, earning them the nickname Mazaspin. Um, yeah, it was quite interesting. We saw something we hadn't seen before, which was a radio message from the team principals to the FIA. Usually we see the radio messages and hear them from the drivers to the race engineers, but this time we've, we saw the communications that were already in place and the teams already been using, um, but we just usually didn't get to see them. Um, and we heard Toto Wolf complaining and saying, this guy slows us down, blue flags, come on, Michael talking about Michael Master, the FIA's race director, and, um, yeah, basically trying to get them to shove Mazepin out of the way, which, I mean, he got blue flagged, but we had a few cheeky comments from Martin Brundle saying that he's a difficult driver to overtake, which I saw, um, which I thought was quite amusing. Now, <clears throat> I cannot express exactly how much I absolutely despise... Yeah. So, um, I've actually contractually say that, you know, Mazepin's a great driver, he's trying his best, and, you know, I should not slate Mazepin as much because, you know, he's a rookie driver, and, you know, his dad's got to try his best to take over this team, and uh, he is trying his hardest, and all hail Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I think Alistair so, um, Taylor might have a red dot on his head that we were talking about last week. Thank you, thank you for that insight, Comrade Murray. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, nah, but in all seriousness, no, uh, Mazpin is, um, he's a very, 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 very annoying driver to, you know, drive against. Um, he is not only slow, he is not only, you know, disturbing, you know, even the front way to attack while it's been, you know, nearly two laps, you know, down. He is also just, he's just there because, you know, we all know about pay to drive drivers, but he's just there because he's dad. He's just there because, you know, his dad's eventually got to take over Haas. He's just not even putting in an attempt. He's just, like, Mick Schumacher's got the exact same car as him, but yet at least he's trying. Schumacher is literally just outpacing him nearly by a full lap, and it's in the exact same car. It's absolutely shocking, and the fact he's still in the grid, you know, amazes me. But I'm telling you, I'm going to make this prediction right here, right now. He will cause the outcome of a race, not because he's going to win it. He'll cause the outcome of a race after, you know, either holding up uh, the leader by, you know, 
a long time. I'm no doubt probably Monaco. I can predict that's probably gonna happen. But also Maybe, he'll probably yeah. crash in he'll probably crash into the leader. He'll probably crash into the person that's chasing the leader. Or you know, he'll probably end up, you know, just causing a big massive, you know, crash where he even comes out on top somehow. I don't know, but he needs to get his act together. Yeah, definitely. I mean it has are definitely a difficult position financially, so it makes sense why they would have somebody who's got such a big financial backing like Nikita Mazepin has. Um, however, I, yes, he's he's only in it because his dad's um, paying for it. But we the same thing with Lance Stroll. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Lance Stroll, but he has occasionally shown that he knows how to drive a Formula One car and can keep it on the track, and has put it on pole. So he Lance Stroll. Is showing that he's got some level of skill, but Nikita Mazepin just hasn't. Like he just, he just loses it all the time, and he's just, yeah. I think enough's been said about him, but yeah. Yes, probably enough has been said about Nikita Mazepin. We did talk briefly in that about the new FI to teams radio team radio stuff that we're going to get during race weekends. That was the first time we have heard it, but it, it's an interesting addition. What do we think about it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it was good. good. Yeah, it was good, definitely. Especially, you know, adds in more skill to the Mazepin bashing because that's what's probably going to be useful. It's going to be great. But I'm all for it and I hope to hear more of it. You know, not just the Mazepin bashing. I hope, you know, hear more dialogue between, you know, the race engineers or the team directors and them because it'll be absolutely, you know, great clarity and some of the decisions that get made. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that particular snippet was great for the Mazepin bashing but I think it could just be general um generally quite interesting. Um if you have a controversial decision that would be interesting to hear directly from the FIA talking to teams saying, Okay, this is why we've done it. Because before it was kinda of up to the commentators to deduce and interpret and then just kind of make a guess. And it's kind of up to us as well. Um but yeah, so it could probably provide sorry, provide more clarity in certain situations. Mm, we hope it shall do and we hope it shall stick around thank you very much for sticking around that's just about all we have time for today and we hope to see you on the next one goodbye bye bye goodbye